0: And welcome to Basic
1: Snitches. Look at how loud it is on
0: there. We <laughs> loud.
1: Apologies for your eardrums.
0: Yeah, you don't need those, right?
1: Nope. Tara and I are laying in bed again, and today we are going to be discussing Chapter Twenty-One of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, The Eye of the Snake.
0: Yes, I could not catch up with you. I just let you talk.
1: If you remember, as we said at the end of the last episode, this episode is about a dick. Uh,
0: yep, <laughs> that's what we said.
1: Of dicks. <laughs> Just kidding. It is time for us to recognize our patrons. We have 11 patrons, and those people are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jeannie, Layla, Marybeth, Megan, Meredith, Nisi, Olivia, and Wrath. Thank you all so much for continuing to support us. If you would also like to support us, you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash 6 snitches, and previously supported us for just $3 a month. Now, you can still support us at that $3 level, however... Now that we have over 10 patrons, Taryn and I put out a survey to our Patreon supporters and then did some discussing, and we will be expanding to two additional tiers. So you can support us at that $3 level. That's the basic level. Nothing will change. You're going to continue to get exclusive content every Wednesday, the same day that an episode drops, as well as be mentioned in every single episode. If you upgrade to or sign up at the new $5 tier, and we're not quite sure what we're going to call that one yet, But at this $5 tier, you're also going to get access to one free tarot reading a quarter by me, access to exclusive merch, and we're also going to do one extra mini episode that is just cutting room floor content. So you're going to kind of get our bloopers and outtake as we go throughout the series. But we are still planning on doing a complete cutting room floor episode at the end of every season like we have been one note on the exclusive merch we aren't completely sure what that's going to be yet but we have talked about some design ideas some that will be available for purchase for any basic snitches fan out there it will be on our website once available and of course we will let you know but there will be some exclusive fun designs that are only going to be available through the $5 or the $10 tier. So it's stuff that you won't be able to get anywhere else. Speaking of the $10 tier, you'll get everything from the $3 tier and the $5 tier, but if you upgrade to our Quen level or sign up at it when you become a Patreon the first time, you'll also get two extra cool new pieces of content. Every single week, a sort of diary from Tara or myself It will alternate between us from week to week, and it'll kind of be, hey, this is how our last week went. Maybe there'll be something like a hot take or a rant about the series. We don't really know yet, but it will be sort of a live blog, if you will, of Tara and Adam from week to week. Additionally, we will provide a brand new monthly mini episode. We are calling this kind of unofficially our fishbowl episode. The idea that we had is that each of us are gonna write down 25, 30 different topics about the wizarding world universe this could be anything from a character a chapter something that happens at hogwarts like the food at hogwarts the ghosts at hogwarts whatever the case may be we're gonna put them in a fishbowl or some sort of vessel that we can pick them out of and in the episode, that's when we choose our topic and just start talking about it. So almost no preparation. We're just going to kind of go off the cuff and talk about this element of the wizarding world. These new tiers are dropping on our Patreon. Once again, that's patreon.com slash today, which is February 23rd, or at least it should be. If you are listening to this episode before I've had a chance to update the Patreon, then hang tight. Those new tiers will be available later today at some point, and if you're one of our 11 existing patrons, you should be able to upgrade to one of the new tiers if you would wish. If not, the $3 tier is still available, and today we're actually going to be talking about some dream interpretations, so it kind of goes along well with today's episode. Speaking of, I've talked enough, let's get into the rest of the episode.
0: What happened? Chapter 20! (laughs) What happened in chapter 20?
1: (laughs) <laughs> yep, that's right. This episode, we are going at level 10.
0: <laughs> this whole
1: time. <laughs> this whole time.
0: <laughs> so in chapter 20, Hagrid told them a story. It was very nice. So winner and loser chapter 20. <laughs> it was very nice. Uh, it was a very nice story about giants. And, and Giants ripping each other's heads off. <laughs> giants and journeys to new places. Anyway, the winner and loser chapter 20. Loser chapter 20 is umbridge umbridge because fuck that bitch we can't
1: call her umbridge anymore i'm sick of calling her umbridge
0: can't we just say she would a pink hoe i almost gave the loss to
1: go go meth go go meth go go meth sounds like a gay giant
0: he goes to the go-go club and does a lot of meth he's not cool either. but i gotta give he also needs to, to go to know. the
1: dentist he said the teeth were black
0: maybe they don't have giant dentists
1: this is how that origin story of Hermie or Herbie or whatever from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that gay-ass elf.
0: I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I mean, I saw the movie once.
1: Oh, my God. There's a little elf friend named Herbie or whatever, and he wants to be a dentist. Oh. The last time we were watching it, my dad called him gay, and I was like, why is he gay? Because he likes putting his hands in other people's mouths. I you're like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) so sure i know
0: i to be determined
1: how did we get here who won i
0: don't know we started talking about herbie
1: i know wait why did i do that
0: something about dentists oh because Gogomath is gay he didn't even lose he should have but there was a pink you know what in the way she loses and it's a joint win haggard and madame maxime oh
1: yeah very nice very good
0: i mean i don't how could anyone else win exactly
1: Everybody else was interrupted. Not
0: Dick Fuck McNair. He can die twice. Di- that's
1: right. The, that's his Christian name. <laughs> Dick, Dick Fuck McNair.
0: He can die twice.
1: That's oh, it. you wrote a thing.
0: I did. I sent it to you. You did. I shared it with you.
1: Chapter 21, The Eye of the Snake. Hagrid is back on his bullshit. No matter what Hermione does to convince him otherwise, he is determined to go back to his usual lessons in care of magical creatures. The lesson is on Thestrals, and Harry finally learns about the seemingly invisible horses that pull the Hogwarts carriages. Unfortunately, the pink bitch has come to observe the class, she's as to be expected the fucking worst fearful of being stripped of his title of being the worst malfoy <laughs> i like that malfoy tries to throw out unoriginal insults at ron after class this fucker needs new material they have one more da lesson before christmas break not defense against that's not data that's Dumbledore's army
0: yes, yes. da
1: da not day day <laughs> <laughs> Harry learns the very important fact that mistletoe is often infected with Nargles before being told by Angelina that Ginny has replaced him as seeker. The lesson is a review of things they've already learned, and the evening goes very well until everyone leaves and it's just Harry and Cho awkward first kiss complete with uncomfortable conversation and tears. Harry tells Ron and Hermione about the kiss. Ron teases Harry and Hermione tries to encourage him. She then gives the boys a very complex lesson in emotions. The boys try to work on their homework and Hermione writes a letter to Crumb. When they all finally go to bed, they are the last ones awake. The boys go to bed and Harry starts to have a weird dream about Cho and D.A. meeting. Then his dream changes and he is moving through an unfamiliar corridor. He sees a man sleeping and feels like he wants to bite him <laughs> same every time i see a man sleeping i'm like i'm bite that <laughs> when he attacks his scar explodes into pain and harry wakes up to ron shaking him he tries to tell Ron about the dream realizing that the man in the dream was mr weasley neville gets my gut and she takes harry and ron to dumbledore
0: a lot of shit happens. a lot of shit chapter. happens
1: you really did summarize it very well i tried because there's like the three sections there's we need to find another name for Umbridge. We can't keep calling her Umbridge.
0: I called her Pink Bitch. What I know.
1: Pink Bitch is too nice. And I think Pink <laughs> is a little extreme. I don't want to bleep myself that often.
0: Something will come out that probably won't be her name. That's really what's going to happen.
1: We're halfway through the book, though.
0: I gave you like 15 options you a couple did. chapters what was ago. You You said
1: Umbitch and there was another one that was really good.
0: Oh, Pinkasaurus Wreck?
1: Maybe. Pinkasaurus Wreck.
0: I'm going to say what comes out of my mouth. Man, I can't think that hard.
1: I was gonna say Pepto Pussy, which I sounds like just gonna call a drag queen. Probably Pinto. Right in, ladies and gentlemen. What should we call her? Because I cannot continue to call her her, her actual name. I just can't. I'm so fucking over this bitch. Where do we start here?
0: Doing homework and shit. And Hermione is like, I gotta go tell Hagrid how to write his lessons. Yes, and
1: I do think it's a better use of her time than spew. So there's that at
0: least. Fred and George are throwing snowballs, and Ron yells at them, and he gets hit in the face.
1: And then he's like, "I'm gonna whoop your ass!" Oh, it's my brothers. You're still the fucking prefect. I was about to call him a thestral. Ron is a thestral now. <laughs> you can only see him if you die, not if you die. <laughs> what you, oh that my makes God. you think of
0: that? Um, that bot. Ron was spiders.
1: he just was ron is a thestral now but even though it's your brothers you you still need to write them up or whatever you know what i mean that's your job but yeah that all happens the big thing of course of hermione going down unsuccessful it's, it's
0: like falls on deaf ears yeah he's like i know i know what's up here's something that i have decided over the last three books of hagrid not being a great teacher if he had actual guidance like hermione is trying to give him He'd be a fucking kick-ass teacher. Yeah. Because he knows what he's talking about. He just doesn't know how to put it out there for people, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, he is very stubborn. It's kind of amazing to me that he was in Gryffindor because he does feel so Hufflepuff. Not to say that Hufflepuffs are stubborn, but I don't know. I guess it goes down to Hufflepuff from representing Earth and being grounded and stuff, and he always feels so grounded. and He is unmoving and things like that. But alas, he don't listen to Hermione. He
0: don't, and you know, she's got good ideas.
1: Yeah. Now... I will say, and they do say this throughout the chapter too, this lesson of seeing Thestrals is better than what they have had to do in the past with those fucking fire lobsters.
0: Here's the thing is that we really never get to see if he's like getting better this year because this you-know-what comes in and throws him off first lesson.
1: Yeah, it really is too bad. We don't need to get into the details of that. Other than that during the lesson, of course, she is... What I wrote was ugh, umbrage, speaking out loud is unprofessional, and it's honestly kind of even dangerous to have other students hear you saying this. It's her throwing her power around as much as she can, and then at one point, he's like, Festivals aren't dangerous, lady. And something like, Well, if you're like holding some meat in your hand, and they might try to bite you or something and she writes down, um, takes this- pleasure at being violent. I'm like Yeah, something like that. I'm sorry. Can we talk about like what you did to Harry right? for like weeks at a time? Excuse Take me? that is taking pleasure at violence, you stupid freaking piece of shit.
0: Ooh, yeah,
1: it's horrible. It's really, really is. And but- she
0: the way she talks to him is annoying how she talks to him like he's stupid.
1: Nobody coming in to shadow a teacher whether it's you know a principal or a teacher's aide or whatever the case may be is going to talk to them like that. Like you are still in a professional environment but she don't know how to act around people professionally apparently.
0: In general. You know uh,
1: I even think about in the hearing there was this one moment where she (laughs) was like um excuse me if I heard you right are you suggesting that the ministry has something Mm -hmm. about whatever the case may be. That is the most professional that she was in this entire book. Once she is given a shred of power at this school, all goes out the window. She almost, at the beginning of the book, felt a little too buttoned up. And now it's just, the bag is open and it's just spewing more and more negativity. It's just unbelievable. And
0: your rant about how she's just fucking everywhere. This, oh my God, turn it off.
1: Yeah, when we know that Umbridge is coming to this, everyone knows how it's gonna turn out. You know. Oh yeah. Now I will say, even though this is better for Hagrid in terms of like a lesson, comparing it to Fire Lobsters, that is, you can tell how terrified everybody is that oh we're going to the inv- the um. Oh, the Thestrals? No, the uh, uh, Forbidden Forest. I was going to say the oh, Invisible yeah. Forest. The entire forest is invisible. They don't really right. they
0: even there. <laughs> There's nothing you yeah. can't <laughs> see. <it>. You <laughs> be careful not to run into trees.
1: Yeah, but that's not what's invisible. Thestrals have and it is kind of terrifying the fact that he has this dead cow and all of a sudden, like.
0: The way that that is described, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah.
1: And we see signs of some misinformation here. Uh, the obvious misinformation being from Trelawney, like, oh, those are dangerous. Like, no, no, yeah. no, no. I'm the carometric school. That
0: they're, like, unlucky. Yeah, and that's stuff. what it is. I think it's fascinating to see the people who can see them. Obviously. Hagrid can see them. I'm intrigued to know who Hagrid saw die. That is
1: really, because I didn't even think of that, but you're totally right.
0: I cannot imagine that Hagrid can't see them. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you think Umbridge can see them?
0: Oh no, I don't think she can see them. I feel like she's lived a very sheltered, privileged life. And the idea of her being in a situation where she saw someone die, I don't want to give her that kind of humanity, I guess.
1: Something about the way that you said that made me think about the interesting distinction between being able to see something and being able not to see something. Mm -hmm. And kind of like what it means. And like all these people who have seen someone die probably have a different depth to their personality they've had to go through a certain type of trauma even and all of that and those who have not been able to see it don't have that point of view or perspective or anything right and it's interesting even later when hermione's like i wish i could see them and then and how harry like, immediately calls it out
0: right you know that interaction is so important because she obviously is not thinking when she says it yeah he immediately acknowledges that That he knew that that's not what she meant. Yeah. That's Hermione. She wants information. She wants to learn things. The other things that I think about with the whole Vestral thing is how in a couple years, most of that class, or at least half of it because it's Gryffindor and Slytherin's, will have been able to see those. All the Gryffindors we know in Harry's year are at Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle are because Crab dies in the Battle of Hogwarts.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Malfoy and Goyle are there. There's two more students. I think it's safe to say that probably everyone. Did yeah, well, so some of those carnage. fucking Slytherins don't even bother being there. Oh, uh, so well. That's also a thing to like think about is that fast forward a couple years and that's where we'd be. And the other thing I was thinking about is this story revolves around Harry and so his trauma is very front and center. I think it's extra sad that Neville also has the trauma of having seen his grandfather die. Yeah. On top of everything else he's been through. And I'm like, that is awful.
1: Oh, totally. Obviously, we're going to get a lot more of Neville's backstory, I think, in the next few chapters. Yeah. I'm interested to see that and kind of look back at this in particular and some other things that have happened in in this book so far. Yeah, it's very interesting to think like that. Like, I had not thought about Fast Forward a couple years and... How it will be so different. Sad. Yeah. Yeah. So this class goes exactly how we expected it to. But then we move into the second part of three of the chapter. That is kind of Defense Against the Dark Arts and getting close to the holidays. Yeah. We open up with some prefect duties. I was like, some of these aren't so bad. Supervising the castle being decorated.
0: I'm like, that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. And
1: there were a few others, too.
0: They had to watch over the first and second years, spending their break times inside because of the bitter cold. They had to patrol the corridors and shifts with Filch, who suspected that the holiday spirit might show itself in an outbreak of wizard duels. Does that happen every year? Probably.
1: Because otherwise, why is that a thing? It's like he suspects this, like, okay, does this happen every year, or... That one, at the very least, I'm like, okay, that obviously isn't very fun, spending time with Filch. Right. how much does but he But there's really... a lot of
0: quarters. They probably don't actually be, have to be around him. They probably just all get night a quarter. No,
1: that, that might be true, too. There was a little bit of that, and I was like, well, some of that isn't too bad. And actually, that is more of what an RA is like, doing rounds, you know, making sure that everything is fine. Once again, these are probably not the best people to be, prefects, you know? Yeah,
0: not the number one choices.
1: No, not at all. This is also where Harry's like, well, I don't know where the hell I'm going to spend Christmas. And Ron's like, didn't you know that you're going to be at the borough? First of all, I do like that Harry is immediately worried about Sirius and it shows his compassion. Mm -hmm. But then also I'm like, how does Harry not know this? Are they literally just like confiscating his mail now?
0: I think probably. But more so, I think that Ron was told to tell him and he just didn't but also like i like that better <laughs> that, that just feels apt yeah i feel like it's both things but also they probably have just decided they're not writing to harry because all of his mail is going to get confiscated anyway yeah. so if yeah. mrs weasley wanted to be like oh i could write harry a nice letter because ron will forget she's probably like oh well it's gonna get confiscated anyway so why should i bother yeah
1: now of course what happens at the very end of this chapter it's been a while since I've read this book, but I imagine that that does like affect the Christmas break. And uh, all
0: yeah, that. it definitely does. And then once they get to Aw, oh, da
1: da, first of all Dobby for calm your Dobby, he's it's cute. Like call me away. He's down. so cute.
0: And then fucking the Luna and the Nargles. Uh, love you it. You're wearing
1: Nargles. Are. No.
0: Only Luna knows what nargles are. In your thing, when you were like, well, we learned
1: that mistletoe is infested with nargles, (laughs) I was also going to be like, also, it's incredibly poisonous, and uh, the history of mistletoe is very interesting. This is not a mistletoe podcast, though, so look it up. The whole tradition of mistletoe I always found kind of weird. Let's hang this plant in our house, and if you're caught under it together, uh uh-oh, you have to kiss. (laughs) Bizarre.
0: And after that, Angelina comes in and she's like, I replaced you with your future wife. Yeah.
1: Which, <laughs> and it's in the same chapter where he and Cho kiss at the first time.
0: Mm-hmm. I was like,
1: is that like a very subtle foreshadowing of like, hey, Jenny and Harry kind of having this weird chemistry, but in the meantime, there's Cho. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it a little bit much. First of all, I'm very happy for Jenny.
0: Yeah, that?
1: We love Ginny. And then we also learn two names that I don't know if we ever see again. No,
0: we never hear anything. They're the most, like,
1: muggly names, too. Andrew Kirk and Jack Sloper. Jack Sloper. Sloper, yes.
0: I think that maybe they're mentioned in the chapter where we hear about the next Quidditch match that they play. Otherwise, oh, and I think that they are mentioned in the next book because they try out for the team again. Neither of them make it.
1: <laughs> well, they can have their, you know... 15 minutes now. Right. And then, of course, it's just kind of review day when fucking Zach Smith is like, if Oh, I was gonna learn anything, anything new. new. And that wouldn't have come. A review day right before really? the holidays feels like normal. That makes normal.
0: so much sense. And then the twins are like, I'm sorry, Harry didn't give you special information.
1: Yeah, also, you're perfect at this, Zach Smith. Bye, bitch. All right, well, then you may leave. Get out of mm. my classroom, fucker whatever in this book and the amount of like shitheads that we're already encountering he's the least of our worries so it is what it is
0: and then harry does the impedimenta curse with neville and neville's very good at it after a few tries Mm -hmm. and that makes him very proud
1: and then after class of course we get to this very awkward moment
0: very awkward it's also very lovely she's very open with him and yeah he doesn't know what to do But I like how she asked him maybe if Cedric had known, whatever, and he said he did know this, he was really good, or he wouldn't have got to the middle of the maze. But if Voldemort really wants to kill you, you don't stand a chance. Like, love that he says that. You know, and then she has to ask about, well, you did when you were a baby, and he's like, I do not claim to understand any of that. And
1: nobody does. Yeah,
0: he is so open and honest about all of this, and I really just appreciate that. And then she's like, I gotta awkwardly kiss you now.
1: And it is very awkward. <laughs> and then he's like, it mistletoe. very fucking awkward.
0: <laughs> and he's like, probably infested with nargles. She's like, I don't know. What is that? And he's like, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Let's well, just, just kiss. Weird.
1: Even the way that it leads up to it and they cuts away from it. And then all of a sudden he's in the common room. Like, oh, it was wet. I'm yeah. like, that's how we're going to learn that you kissed Joe for the first time. Speaking of the awkwardness, to me it almost feels like a premeditated kiss. Maybe I read this wrong or kind of projected what happens after the kiss to what happens before it. They leave kind of hastily, almost like, oh, Cho is going to be there and stuff. And clearly Hermione has talked to Cho a little bit. And I'm not saying that Hermione isn't an an empathetic person, but the way she kind of walks through like, oh, I'm sure this, this is how Cho feels, feels a little bit like she has talked to Cho. Let's kind of like hook them up in a way. That's how I read into it, and it felt very, very awkward to me. More awkward than it already is, I because think, of how Hermione reacted. But
0: I wonder, I mean, obviously that was Cho's endgame there. Not that she's like being manipulative, but I think that she went up to Harry with that intention. Yeah, I think so too. And I agree. I don't think anything is manipulative per se,
1: but it feels a little just not organic or natural either. You know, Hermione's explanation, I think, is would be like, how was the kiss? It was wet.
0: was very strange. I think this is just to more build on the teenage emotions. And I really do appreciate Hermione being like, well, she's very emotional or whatever. And the boys being like, I don't understand emotions.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's good to know what show has gone through and lay it out and everything. She's
0: very open. Although, uh,
1: I. I don't know i think even when they come back to the common room hermione's writing a letter to victor or she's reading or she's doing something she isn't even like looking up it's very much like oh what happened without any emotion then oh did you kiss it's like she knew too much and she almost doesn't even care to look up at Harry and engage Harry in this moment. And then she has this empathetic moment with Cho, and it's like, why aren't you also empathetic with Harry? It's only a kiss, whatever. It's like his first kiss ever. Yeah. This whole section just did not feel very natural to me.
0: Obviously, the two of them being together designed to be a natural thing at all.
1: Yeah. And even Harry's thoughts after this, where, uh, oh, are you going to ask her out and stuff, and him being like, uh, shit, like, I didn't even think about this. Right. Like, is this not a thing now? I have to spend more time with her alone, <laughs> all this other stuff. She's
0: going to always cry all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that part aside, the whole is she going to cry all the time thing, i think is such a natural thing you know i've been single forever and even though there are definitely times where i would love to have a relationship and a partner the thought of the process to get there and some of this is also based on my history which has not been very great not very lucky in terms of having these relationships and stuff the thought of that is like oh in order to get to this end goal i have to go through all of this and in theory with the right person it would be wonderful but it's not the right person, then you're getting into the situation of like, well, you can't really think of that, blah, 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 Right. I just felt like Harry's reaction being, oh, yikes, this is suddenly a lot more real than I intended.
0: Not something he was thinking initially. <laughs> yeah. He's like,
1: this girl's pretty. And let's be honest, they're what, 15? 15. Sure, like 15-year-olds have boyfriends and girlfriends, but do any of them have time to have one? No. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Who doesn't have a quidditch to, learn, to worry about, at least. But you know that if her was like, oh, Harry got a partner, their first priority would be to vanquish that. Right. So.
0: I really appreciate that Hermione is ready to, to Crumb. She goes to bed and Ron's like, what the? Why? Nah. And you're like, Ron. It's like a next step in like the saga of Ron still not understanding that he's infatuated with Hermione.
1: That, and I also think it's so interesting that harry has this thing with cho all of a sudden and then it's the opposite with hermione and then ron not understanding it with hermione but understanding it more with harry sort of yeah it's so interesting the dynamic in this chapter between these two future couples and by two future couples i'm also alluding to what i said about jenny earlier you know yeah. that whole thing is just so interesting it's a little bit of normalcy at least that we get in this book that is very chaotic so then we move into the final kind of like
0: section section yeah Yeah. harry's like i'm gonna go to bed and his dreams would be like oh no you wait well first what is it it's something like he dreams about meeting with cho in the da room and she's like i want all your chocolate frog cards cedric gave me all his and then hermione is right over there she's like you should do that you should definitely give her those.
1: Yes, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to be like, Harry dreams about chocolate, period.
0: And then Hermione tells him to give her his Firebolt.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, I can't because that pink menace has it.
0: (laughs) Pink menace has it. And then suddenly it's different tree.
1: Yes. If you are one of our Patreon listeners... We'll get a little bit into this in this week's Patreon exclusive, but I've definitely had dreams where it's a changing environment a lot. Like, that's one of the main things that happen, of course, this is a little bit different, and even, like, after he wakes up, he talks about how it is a different situation. You could, the dream change, and he realized that it was...
0: A, More than a dream. Yeah, that it yeah. was
1: a prophetic dream, so... And, of course, he dreams about Mr. Weasley getting attacked by a snake.
0: So, in the dream, it really describes the way he moves describes that whole desire to bite but it doesn't flat out say harry is attacking this man as a snake and this man is arthur it's not until after he wakes up that all that information comes to light for us as the readers. The way that the dream is written is very interesting because obviously it's not really a dream. The next chapter we'll get to hear more about it. He wakes up and he has almost no control over himself. He's sick and he is not quite able to separate himself and the surroundings from where he just was. Like it's probably very scary for the other children in the dorm. Yeah.
1: Even when he's waking up, everybody else is already aware of it. Like Mm -hmm. in his sleep, he is clearly something was happening. So I think my question here... Is Well, first of all, before I get into my question, clearly this is almost like a precursor to Aquamancy. Like, I really feel after this dream, like, Aquamancy is, like, right around the corner.
0: After we get back from Christmas. Yes.
1: You know, he's had a few dreams here and there, but it's more focused on Voldemort. And this is Mm -hmm. clearly focused on Nagini. So is this kind of a thing where it's by a Voldemort, but he is having this experience of... Being Nagini because they're both Horcruxes.
0: I think that this is a loose plot point that never gets completely explained because magic, I suppose. The speculation is that there's some kind of connection between Harry and Nagini that is likely the Horcrux, but also it has to do with the level of vulnerability that Harry is in when he falls asleep and the level of where Voldemort is. But I don't know because. Later on, they're saying, well, maybe Voldemort hasn't noticed that they have this connection. And they say that, and of course, then that's something that Voldemort uses against Harry at the end of the book. So it's very unclear. I say that the Horcrux connection is the easiest explanation. That also has to be a paired, I think, with some sort of success or celebration, Nagini's end, in contrast to Harry's vulnerability as being asleep. Uh And Nagini's triumph of being like, Voldemort has sent a snake now. So that the snake can attack the person and we can move forward with whatever the hell Voldemort's trying to get to. But it's not ever really clear because it's all speculation from Dumbledore at the end of the fucking book.
1: I agree with you that the Horcrux thing makes the most sense. And if that's the case, that's pretty interesting because not only is it foreshadowing to Nagini being a Horcrux... I mean, I guess, yeah, we do get foreshadowing to Harry being a horcrux with every time his scar hurts and stuff. Sure, yeah. But this connection between the two of them feels a little bit more solidified, if you will. (laughs) Nagini has a connection to Voldemort and Harry has a connection to Voldemort. They have a connection to each other.
0: Mm -hmm. which
1: feels different to me. The only other thing I put here is it makes sense in Divination that dreams are a theme and kind of like what they're focused on Mm -hmm. based on what else is happening on the background here. But it makes me even more surprised when these are witches and wizards that are almost surprised to see a wizard having a prophetic dream. There's so many theories about dreams predicting things and whatnot not just in general of it being a look at your inner subconscious that to me was like well no duh
0: this feels very not connected to harry at first Mm. you know so that might be why there's some sort of like wow how did this happen why is this the thing that we're thinking about we're dreaming about but that's how the chapter ends. We get more details in the next chapter, which we'll do obviously next week. It is an interesting type of dream different from other times that we see what Harry is thinking about when he faints in class. He has all kinds of different types of dreams.
1: Yeah, this one is definitely, yeah, like an
0: outlier for sure. Yeah. Game time. Hey.
1: Guess what game I'm playing?
0: Well, you told me already that's what you rather.
1: I did. <laughs>
0: Because last time
1: she did Would You Rather and we don't tell each other what games we have, which I think this is the first time that we've matched up.
0: I think so. Or it will happen again.
1: Yeah, I was a little tired, honestly, and I was like, well, I feel like we did Fuck, Marry, Kill recently and I don't have the patience right now for the headphones and all that. So I did Would you rather too. So I came up with three scenarios and you had five. So let me see if I can come up with two extra on the fly. It's okay
0: if you don't. It's fine. Yes
1: I know but I would like to you know make sure that I put <clears throat> the work in. Oh. That's this fine. isn't me putting the work in though. It's me coming up with them on the fly. So anyways first one. <laughs> would you rather have Ginny or Cho be your seeker? Ginny. Huh. Yes I agree. Number two. Would you rather see or not see Thestrals?
0: Well, I have seen someone die, so I suppose you have? I can say yes. Who? I watched my grandmother. I mean, we were in the hospital room watching her pass, but I was there when she passed. Oh my god! So I've seen someone die, so I guess I can say yes. Oh my god. I feel like gosh. if I hadn't, I would
1: have to say no. That would be awful. I'm in the same vein as Hermione. Like, it would be cool to see them, but... <laughs> the premise of... Of how you... Yeah. yeah. No,
0: I th- that's the only reason I would say yes right now is because I, I have... Mean, I watched my first cat, Dimitri, die.
1: Does that count?
0: Maybe. Hey, Hagrid, right in. Does
1: it count <laughs> if I saw cat die? <laughs> <laughs> Number three. Would you rather have vivid, memorable dreams or prophetic dreams?
0: Probably memorable dreams.
1: Yeah, I think that probably makes sense too, although there is some theory that they're one and the
0: same. I rarely remember my dreams.
1: As I've already mentioned, Patreon exclusive. You're going to hear about some of the vivid dreams I've been having lately, so. All right, let me come up with another one off the fly. Would you rather make out with Harry or Cho as consenting adults, (laughs) by the way? Not as they are in the the chapter. That is a very
0: difficult question. You want Cho? She's hot. But so is Harry.
1: I mean, I would have to go with Harry. Cho, you're beautiful. I would, I would make
0: out with both of them.
1: Sorry, Cho, but you're a lady.
0: But sorry, Cho, I'm the only lady he makes out with.
1: Yeah, because I had to. If you don't know what we're talking about, write in. Maybe we'll tell you that story sometime. (laughs) It feels like, hey, want to hear about mom and dad's first kiss? Write in. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll tell you. Okay, let me come up with one more. Let's see what else happens in this. (laughs) Do you prefer? Mm, uh. <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna stop it at four. I like I, it. Was, the fifth one I was thinking about like Christmas decorations. But well, like, <gasps> would you rather have mistletoe or a bunch of fucking ornaments with Harry's face on them? I mean, obviously, on. I want
0: ornaments with Harry's face on them. Oh, I was gonna
1: say mistletoe. Those ornaments on tacky. Sorry, Dobby. But... I mean,
0: they probably are. But
1: also, mistletoe is poisonous. So, and it's stupid, it's dumb fucking tradition. So,
0: pass. We don't get to see Hagrid's Lesson, but we do get to see a little bit of DA stuff.
1: Yes. And we do see the Thestrals. We've already talked about that. Yes. We've
0: we've seen the Thestrals with Luna. We mostly just see some really great DA stuff. It's not all that exciting, except for the choice to have Neville disarm one of the Patel twins. Yeah.
1: Now, I will say this. When you think about. What was cut out between the last time we had DA stuff and now, which was really, like, Hagrid's story, Quidditch, Mm -hmm. all the stuff that isn't in the book. After this time, I felt a little bit better about that secondary montage. What else are they going to do? Yeah. It doesn't make sense to have any of that other shit in there. No. So that was better to me. I will say that.
0: I liked the ending of the lesson, and Harry is just kind of like, You all are great, good work, it's well done. You know, the actors all look great and everything. And then it gets awkward. And then we get awkward.
1: There's a moment where the trio is standing there and they're kind of in silence. And then all of a sudden, Hermione and I her are
0: like, we'll see you back. Well, we at gotta the go. Peace and out. then the Weasley twins are like, we could poison the pink hoe. Yes, thank you. And Harry's like, uh, I gotta go awkwardly kiss this girl. Bye.
1: It's like he dismisses the twins in kind of a weird way. Cause I would have been like, yeah, go poison him. Go actually do it right now. Bye. I gotta go. And then. Right. You know, like all of that part is awkward, but then the movie felt a little bit more natural to me.
0: Yeah, it's fine. One well, things that I really liked about the movie was being able to physically see the photo of Cedric there. One thing I thought was cute is that it's clear that the Room of Requirement is deciding that the mistletoe is there. Because it Ooh, grows yeah.
1: above them. It does. I will sh- say the mistletoe looks fake as fuck.
0: It doesn't look right. <laughs> no. But it also, I just really appreciate the little. We're growing the mistletoe. Yeah. Like okay. that was cute. That room of that requirement. Was You better.
1: cute. I didn't even pick up on that. So thank you for that. I also think, like, in the book, it made. Cho seemed more sobby mm-hmm. and weepy. Something about Cho here and even the way that Harry approaches her did feel a little bit more organic. But then when they start kissing I'm like this is a little bit much of your first
0: kiss Harry. There was, like, a l- there was some pretty intense kisses. They are eating each other's faces. Oh! We forgot to mention the choice that they had of having Jenny turn around and just see them together before leaving. Oh my god, I didn't even notice it. Well, I forgot about it because it's not at all mentioned in the book. We're not actively talking about Harry and Jenny as a thing in the books. Yeah. And we'll get to it when we get to that chapter there's a lovely point after they come back from christmas or when they're coming back from christmas or maybe it was at the beginning of the book where harry forgot that Ginny was not someone that they generally hung out with you know when he like missed her presence or something that might be, even be the next book but that's like a thing that i really caught on to this time that she like they had bonnie wright look back at them and then leave
1: Interesting. Okay, I didn't even notice
0: that. Yeah. So
1: I'm glad that you did. And also kind of good on the movie for putting that there. Making that Maybe. choice.
0: Again, we only get so much time to establish these things. Yeah. So Once they're
1: back in the common room, too, which I did not really say this in the book part, but I do appreciate that when he gets back, it talks about them having like the best, most cozy place by the fire and everything. Because Mm -hmm. even the movie, it does feel very cozy. And I also think that the way that Ron and Hermione approach this is more friendly, too. Like I said, I feel like Hermione is a little bit more preachy in the Mm -hmm. book. And here it doesn't feel quite as bad. Like she's still empathetic towards Cho but isn't it so much of like oh you kissed her? Well good for you. Well you gotta (laughs) think about how Cho's feeling. Blah blah blah. So I did like that especially because Hermione in the movie has been so much bitchier this time around. Feeling pretty bitchy. This didn't feel like that to me. Yeah. It it felt better. Yeah. I agree. Which is an interesting juxtaposition for me to be like, oh, okay, now Hermione's being a bitch in the book, but in the movie she's fine. It does feel kind of bizarre. And then this dream is fucking terrifying.
0: It's done in such an interesting way.
1: I mean, we've talked about several other things in this series being done in a very terrifying way. I mean, I think of in the third book where they're in the Quidditch match with the Dementors, mm-hmm. or even some stuff in the last book, obviously. Oh, yeah. But this felt like adult horror movie to me.
0: The attack on Mister Weasley in the movie is not a beautiful thing. Yeah, like to you look at see his
1: face as he's getting bitten and she's Mm -hmm. getting bloody and stuff and you recognize this person it's pretty scary yeah and then actually where we stopped was maybe a few seconds after where and I guess it's the same sort of thing in the book that we didn't really touch on but McGuck comes up and she's immediately like I believe you we're going right now yeah and so we see them going to Dumbledore we
0: get to see Maggie Smith with her long hair. That's <laughs> true.
1: Which is a great way to end this chapter, even though it ends on a kind of a scary moment. It, yeah,
0: shit's getting Even more real.
1: I'm going to give 10 points each to Neville, Ginny, Cho, Harry, Dobby, and Luna. I don't necessarily know if I need to go too much into all of them. Neville is the big one. Obviously, he had a good moment in Fence Against the Dark Arts, but also the fact that he can see the Thestrals, that's important. So, I give mm-hmm. him points. Cho, for everything that she goes through. Ginny, because she is not a seeker. Dobby, for being cute, but tacky.
0: <laughs> that's our Dobby.
1: Luna, same. And... Uh, <laughs> Harry for mostly the courageousness that it takes with the whole first kiss thing and all oh that. yeah i think so Negative ten to draco we didn't focus too much on draco but did we need to probably oh,
0: he was like oh ron too bad you can't see a quaffle fuck you <laughs> good night. <one. laughs> fuck that guy and then as i said in the last
1: episode negative 50 to umbridge which is the minimum Yeah, it's bad. I think it probably would have deserved a 50 no matter what. Mm -hmm. From this point forward, she is too much up my ass in this book, and I don't want Umbridge anywhere up my ass. If you recall at the very beginning of this series, I actually said that. When I was like, oh, a little Lego Umbridge? I'm gonna stick her up my butt. Nope, nope, (laughs) no I don't. I don't want anything up my butt, especially Umbridge next time we will be discussing chapter 22 which I think is called St. Mungo's St. Mungo's
0: I was like it's St. Mungo's or Christmas St. Mungo's Hospital court. for Magical Maladies and Injuries
1: alright so I think this is like Neville chapter right
0: yeah it's this one or the next one even though
1: it's gonna be sad stuff I think at stick least I around
0: to learn more about Neville don't think there's Umbridge in the neck I think we get a couple chapters without that hope
1: oh thank god I gotta stop calling her that I need to figure out a fun creative nickname for her that isn't because at this point There's nothing better That I could call her Other than that I hate her
0: So yeah See you next time See you next, next time, time. Tara Sleepy I have to go get coffee
1: And she has to work
0: Alright go Bye Bye, bye.
1: We out?